Thanks for checking in on this podcast. You are about to hear an inspirational teaching from Caris Ministries. If God has used this ministry to bless you in any way, please take a moment and write to us at amenatcaris.org. We are always inspired and blessed to hear how God is blessing people all over the world through what he is doing here at Caris. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at caris.org so we can continue making podcasts such as this available free of charge. Romans chapter 3, verse 19. Now we know that whatsoever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may be guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in his sight. This is a very interesting scenario. Was it recently? I forgot. No, it's recently. I forgot. I think there was by the Ministry of Education recently, I think two years ago or so. They said it was too easy. Is it the GCSE? Yeah. So can you imagine if they make it so hard that only university graduates can pass? Can anybody have a certificate? Why? It's too hard. (laughs) Because if they make it too hard and no one can pass, that means that inadvertently doesn't, they don't want anyone to go to university or move on. Because, and if you, that certificate, or you need to pass the GCSE too in order to qualify for college or university, and they make it so hard that no one can pass apart from university graduates, that means that no one will go to university. Justification is something like that. Justification is you need to be justified in order to enter university. But the, the bar of justification is so high, Bible says that no flesh shall, can be justified. Did you see that? Bible says that, therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh shall be justified in his sight. So none of us can pass. Now, you need to pass so you can bind the devil. You need to pass so you can speak in tongues. You need to pass so when you die, you go to heaven. You need to pass so you can pray. And not be solicited, chasing other people. Just pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. Because you yourself don't have access to God. Or depend on uh, angel, uh, Saint Gabriel, Saint Michael, Saint Anthony, Saint, Ma- Saint Mary, and all those people. Departed saints to be praying for you to get to God. No, that, that if, if, if you don't pass that justification test, you cannot be justified. Justified means that to be able to have the audacity to stand before God without any guilt. Who can say you can pass? You can stand before God and say, God, examine me. Mm. David said in Psalm, I think, 134 or so, he said, try me, O God, and know my heart. And then he said, and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in in your light everlasting. Because sometimes I don't know the mess that is in me. Sometimes I even think I'm so cool, but I appear before God, before the light of God, before the holiness of God, before the righteousness of God, before the glory of God, and I realize that I'm so messy or messed up. All right. So none of us can stand before God with unmitigated audacity to say, here I am. I am so perfect. I'm so clean. You cannot. All right. So the scripture says that by the deeds of the law, you can't do so much that you become justified. 
There is no amount of law you can obey that can make you justify before God. Let me put it this way. In other words, if you are going to depend on the law of God, the demands of God, in order to be justified, you will fail brutally. That's what it says. Therefore, by the deeds of the law shall no flesh. What's the, what's the meaning of flesh? Yes. That flesh there means human being. Okay, human beings, man. No flesh shall be justified by the deeds of the law. Let's move on from there to verse 21, my main text. Now, but now the, righteous, the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Now, the righteousness of God, did you realize that from verse 19, look at, let me read it again. Now, we know that whatsoever the law says, it says to those under the law that every mouth might be stopped and all, world, all the world become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. Did you realize that he didn't mention anything about righteousness there? Right. Now, what is righteousness? Righteousness is having, as I said, having the boldness, confidence to stand before God without guilt. That's, you, are, you, are, you are guiltless. You are faultless. You are impeccable before God. That's righteousness. Now, he says that now the righteousness of God is revealed. All right? So, righteousness from God apart from the law. The point is, there is a direct correlation between justification and righteousness. In order to stand right before God and stand without fault, you must be justified. So, justification is like you've been passed through. You are clean. Right? So here it says that you can never be justified by the works of the law. No flesh. And in other words, no flesh can appear before God clean and be casting out devils by just obeying law. Did you see anywhere in the Bible, in the Old Testament, where they casted out demons? <laughs> they were not casting out devils in the Old Testament. They were fighting the Amalekites. The Anakims, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the, they are fighting all those people and possessing their land and taking over. But they didn't fight demons because they didn't have what it took to fight demons. That's why the, the church can, Jesus says that in my name they shall cast out devils. Mark chapter 16, verse 15 now. He said, in my name they shall cast out devils. They shall cast out devils. Demons are subject to our authority now. Why? Because he's talking, he was talking about righteous people. So here it says that the righteousness from God besides, apart from the law, is revealed, being witnessed. This thing is not anything new. This righteousness we have in Christ is not anything new. The Old Testament points to it. The prophets in the Old Testament, they actually point to it because it says that being, being witnessed by the prophets, and the law and the prophets. As a matter of fact, you are a fulfilled prophecy. Yes. That means that, that, but now, say now, now, verse 21 of Romans chapter 3, but now, the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference. To all and on all. This righteousness of God is through faith to all who believe and on all who believe. As soon as you believe in Jesus Christ, 
God credits two things that happen. I'm going to explain it. As soon as you believe in Jesus Christ, two things happen. Very important. God credits righteousness to you. In the first place, wipes your sins. How many of us think it's a good idea? <laughs> sins wiped off. Even if they wipe off 5,000 pounds of your credit, the way you can be, some, even 100 pounds. And sin is big, big stuff, big deal. Or the only thing that, I think Isaiah chapter 59, verse 1 and 2, I think so. He says that God's hand is not so short that he can't save you. Mm. <laughs> Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that he cannot save. No, he's, he's here too heavy. He's not heavy that he cannot hear. He can do it. But, so why? Why can't he do it? Go to the next verse and see. Why? But your iniquity, ah, sin is the problem. Sin is the reason for unanswered prayers. If anyone can come to God, it's because of sin. How many of us have been sinners before? And how many of us have, have sinned before, after you became a Christian? And how many of us have come to church right after you sinned? Or even two weeks after you sin, or and you sat at the back. Usually, you like to come in front. You, you sat at the back, or you sat in the chair, and you felt so uncomfortable. You felt so so, so bad. That one, when you some people lift their hands, <laughs> you, go, you don't want someone to ask you. And when did that happen? Because you always. Be <laughs> But, but the problem of sin is that it makes you feel uncomfortable. When man sees the holiness of God, the, the, the immediate expression, get away from me, I can't stand it. That's why when Adam and Eve, they see, the Bible says, they heard the voice of God walking in the garden. Can you imagine? You hear a voice walking in the garden. That's another thing. They heard the voice of God walking in the garden. They ran and hid themselves. And God said, where are you? He said, we heard your voice and we were afraid. Previously, God will come in the cool of the day and have fellowship with them. Fellowship, effective fellowship operates on the back of righteousness. If there is, remember this, 1 John chapter 1 verse, verse 7. I like that, yeah, verse 7. Verse 7. I think put it on the screen. There's something before we go to the verse 9. Let me show you something quickly. He said, but if we walk in the light as he is in the world, he, uh, see, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus cleans, uh, his son cleans us from all sin. Alright, now go to the next verse. Verse, verse. verse 9. Let's go to the verse 9. It says that if you confess our sins, faithful and forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all what? Alright. Did right. you realize that verse 7 spoke about fellowship? We have fellowship with one another. See, the reason why people can't feel comfortable in church, one of the reasons is sin. Sin will spoil your relationship with God. It will make it not nice. So when everyone is lifting their hands, you can't lift your hands. Have you, have you realized when, some, when people who are not born again, some of us, when we're not born again, but the first time I went to church, proper Christian church, because I was always in church, I went to Christians like you, church. My sister took me to church, and I wasn't born again. And they said, let's pray. They started praying. I was so scared. I thought they would say I was, I was, they was going to say I was a wizard or something like that. I was so scared because the people were praying. It was, I felt so uncomfortable, not just that the prayer, but there was something in me that I, I knew that I didn't belong. And I wanted to belong. So sin is a big problem. Now, forgiveness of sin, so because sin is a big problem, forgiveness of sin is a big blessing. 
<laughs> Hallelujah. In fact, you remember in Psalm 103, verse, it says, Blessed Lord of my soul, and forgive not, forget not benefit. Blessed, who, for, who heals all your diseases, who renews your youth, and then you go, heals your diseases, and forgive all your iniquities. So bless the Lord because of forgiveness of sins. At any time you, you wake up in the morning, you get to church, one of the first things you thank God for is thank you for forgiveness of sins. Thank you for forgiveness of sin. But it couldn't happen outside of Christ. Now let's go back to the text I was originally reading. Romans 3.21 But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Being, ah, verse 24 and 25, that's where I'm going. Being justified how? Being justified how? Being justified how? Any teaching, Christian teaching, or any teaching that focuses on the works of man. No, sometimes we say, oh, in church we have to teach people about the teachings of Jesus, give them the teachings of... The focus of our church gathering is about the cross of Christ, not the teaching of Jesus. <laughs> Some of you will get it later. About, I think about, about 21 years ago, 20 years ago, in my house, I met him, he said he's a Rastafarian. He had changed, he has become Rastafarian. And then he started, he said that they also believe in the Bible. And he said the Bible is about just the good teachings of Christ. And he said they believe in Christ because Christ was a good teacher. He, that's why he gave us the Bible. So that we can also look at his teaching and follow his teachings. That's all the essence of Christianity. And I said, you don't know what we're talking about. You missed it. It's, the essence of Christianity is not about the teachings of Christ. The essence of Christianity is about the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Say amen. amen. That's, what, what, that's what justification is predicated on. All right. So he says that for... Um, verse 24 and be justified freely not by works okay free it's, it's free you didn't have to do anything free you can sleep one day and then wake up justified you can sleep a sinner wake up on your bed having not gone anywhere even let's say you are paralyzed and from, from your shoulder down paralyzed but your, your, your brains can work your lips can work and you understand the gospel and you believe guess what you didn't have to do anything or the fact that you believe Guess what? You are born again. You are justified. And when you die, you will not go to hell. Amen. <laughs> Pray. If you are not going to hell, what does that mean? You are going to heaven. All right. Watch this. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Who? All right. Who God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness. Be- because in his forbearance, God has passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus Christ. Okay, three words I mentioned the other time, in verse 24 and 25. The first word in the verse 24 is redemption. Let's all say redemption. redemption. What is redemption? Last week I took my time to explain redemption. You remember? What is redemption? To be bought back. All right. It's, it's a commercial term. Those times slaves will be taken to the market and you have to go and maybe someone has been taking slaves. You can go and pay and then redeem. redeem. So redemption. And I told you what you pay is called the ransom. And Christ became our ransom. You remember? Christ was the ransom that was paid and to redeem us back. What were we redeemed from? Four things. 
We are redeemed from sin, yes. The, the slavery from sin, and then what? We are redeemed from the devil, and then what? What? The worldly system. We are redeemed from the world because the world is passing and we are inside. We are all going. God had to redeem us from the world. And then the last one, the curse of the law. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 says that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. So redemption is it's, it's a big thing. Christ had to pay with his blood. According to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 and 19, he had to pay with his blood. According to Acts chapter 20, verse 28, he had to pay. He bought us. He paid with his blood. And who did he pay to? He paid to the justice of God, not to the devil. Because the devil, he didn't owe the devil. All right. He paid to the justice of God and redeemed us from sin, from the world, from the law, and from Satan. Hallelujah. Okay, so we have been redeemed. Say, I have been redeemed. And I explained before then, I explained justification, which is the verse, Romans chapter 3, verse 25, speaks of justification. And what did I say justification is? Justification is the act of God, where the act of God, whereby he declares a sinner, okay, a sinner righteous by grace alone, through faith alone, because of Christ alone. Hallelujah! (laughs) Hallelujah. So that's justification. So then, I do not deserve, it's like you find me, uh, you, as I said, I like that illustration so bad. You see me, national team is going to play, the England squad, and then they are all, everyone is in this jersey, and then you see me too, amongst the England team, going to play World Cup for England. You'll be wondering, you see me on your television, you'll be wondering, what's wrong? What put me there? I don't belong there. Nothing, nothing, nothing qualifies me to be there. Yeah, but sorry, guy, I'm in. <laughs> so, so it's like justification. You, there's, there's no grounds upon which you should be added. But because of the blood of Christ, they have just added you. And when you look at yourself, actually, you're not even wearing the England jersey. You are wearing suits. <laughs> Do you think they will allow you to play? They won't allow you to play. But guess what? The referee said, if we don't allow you to play, it's wrong. Play, come on, play on. Play on. And the referee, all, all the referees, sees, when he sees you, he's seen uh, Beckham. He sees Beckham who has swapped his place with you. And so when he sees you, he sees your hair like Beckham. He sees your jersey like Beckham. Jesse. He doesn't see anything again. That's what happens in justification. Because you are justified. When, you see, the, in Acts chapter, chapter 19, verse 11, those sons of Sceva, they saw Paul casting out devils. They saw the, the Christians casting out devils. And they also went, they said, we too, we have seven boys, seven guys, seven strong men. Paul was only one. These guys, seven strong men. Guess what? The, the beautiful thing about their credit history was their father was a priest. Their dad was a priest. So they were coming from as it were Christian home or as it were Bible home, very religious home. So you can imagine they've crossed all the T's and dotted all the eyes of religion. So when they saw Paul doing something, they thought, oh, this okay. If this guy who used to kill people is casting out devils, then we have better record. We can cast devils. But they didn't know Paul was not coming in his name, but Paul was coming under justification. He was coming in the name of the Lord Jesus. Paul was justified. They were not justified. So they also chose to use the name of Jesus thinking that it's all about the name. But it wasn't about the name. It was about their position in the spirit. (laughs) The demon said, hey, you. I'm sure the demon was very calm. (laughs) You go out. You know, sometimes the devil will not mind people. You go out. You go out. And 
the last thing they want, because when the, the apostles in Acts chapter 4, chapter 5, chapter 6, particularly chapter, chapter 3 and chapter 4, they warned them not to preach in that name. Think, yeah. Yeah. The problem was the name they were using. Because once you are justified, wow. once you are justified and you use that name, it is trouble. Yes. Because all heaven stands still. Yeah. Jesus told them in John chapter 15, he says that if you ask anything in my name, John 15, verse 7 and verse 14. If you ask in my name, my Father in heaven will do it. He says that, about him, if you desire, it should be, verse, I think verse 14, verse 13, 14. It talks about, if you ask in my name, you have not asked anything in my name. He said, ask, and my Father will do it, and you'll be, I'll be glorified, or something like that. So, it is his name. Say the name. The Say the name. the name. It's the name that makes a difference. The last bit that, that whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Now, if you are justified... And you apply the name of Yeshua HaMashiach. Hey! If you are justified and you apply the name of Jesus, heaven answers, demons scream, demons shake. And so Paul was doing that. Remember in the book of Acts, chapter 3, verse 6, the man, the crippled man, was begging for money. He kept begging for money. He kept asking for money. And they said to him, Acts 3, 6, the silver and gold have I none, such as I have, divide thee. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. They mentioned the name and the man's condition changed. Shout the name. So, they are tired of this name being applied by the sanctified and the justified. And for once, someone was casting. And then he made the mistake mentioning the name. Not as a sanctified man. He said, in the name of Jesus, who Paul preaches? Hey, you mentioned Paul and this, Jesus. Read your Bible. Bible says that he, the demon said, Paul, I know Jesus. I, Acts chapter 19. <laughs> Acts chapter 19, verse 11, 12, 13. Somewhere there. He said, Paul, I know Jesus, I know. But, oh boy. What name? That question, who are you, was not connoting his personality, his credentials, the son of the priest, seven of them. That name, that question was not denoting or connoting where they are, they are coming from. It's connoting your identity in the spirit. Are you justified? <laughs> so he said, so those who said demons can mention the name of Jesus, it's there. He said, Paul, I know, Jesus, I know, but who are you? Now, what is the point here? It's, oh, it's your justification that gives you spiritual identity. Now, I want to show you something. That when you are justified in the realm of the spirit, your weight is the same as Christ. When you are justified. So then you don't, hey, you don't have to be 18 years born again. Or two years born again. You can be three days born again and you have equal power as someone who is 20 years born again. You can cast out demons and it's the same. When it comes to the spirit, before God, he sees us all in Christ. And Christ is not better today or better tomorrow. We are all the same. That's why I always beg to differ if there are better Christians. There's no, you will never be a better Christian today than you were 
previously. It's, it's, it's rather, you can put it this way, it's your faith work can be better. Because it, in the realm of the spirit, the currency is faith. So the more faith you have, the more equity. <laughs> so if your faith is little, it will affect your Christian efficacy. But your position in God, look, my daughter, 20 years from now, she still remains my daughter. Three years ago, she was my daughter. And 25 years from now, she'll still be my daughter. Even if she has great-grandchildren, guess what? She still remains my daughter. Not any better than she is. So, so it's just, it's just that maybe the, the relationship I enjoy with her may differ depending on which boy she chooses to marry. <laughs> so let's go back to the text. Ha. No, 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 let's get it. So I spoke about justification. Being declared righteous in the sight of God by grace alone, through faith alone, because of Christ alone. And then I spoke about redemption, how Jesus Christ himself was a ransom for our redemption. And the, the last word there, which was a religious term, three major theological terminologies in Romans 3, verse 24 and 25. The first one is justification. The second one is redemption. Particularly verse 24 has the redemption. Verse 25 has justification. Okay. Who God set forth to be the propitiation. So then we have propitiation. All right. Propitiation. Let's just say propitiation. propitiation. Say propitiation. propitiation. Now what is propitiation? I want to take that is a religious word. In those times, religious world. Now propitiation simply means, um, permit me to give you a Hebrew word. Because it's quite a big word. It's not words we use in our modern day. English, but it's a theological word. The Greek word translated propitiation is hilasterion. Hilasterion, I'll explain what it means. Hilasterion. H-I-L-A-S-T-E-R-I-O-N. Hilasterion. So propitiation, let's all say propitiation. Say it again, please. For the last time. It was a religious word now. The, the translators usually use the word propitiation. Other, I think many of the versions just stayed on propitiation, but I'm sure when you read some of the translations, the more modern or more simplified versions like Good News Bible and like um, not Amplified. Amplified is still going to use propitiation. Put, put Amplified on the screen. Let's see how it puts it. But then New Living and Message Bibles are going to, you use words different from that. Can you put the amplified on the screen? It says that who God put forth before the eyes of all. Say before the eyes of all. I'll come back to that. As the see, as a mercy seat and propitiation by His blood. All right. So uh, give us the New Living Translation. Let's see if they gave any. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. It made it so simple. But propitiation is a very big word. As we saw in the, the Amplified version, it used a word, the mercy seat. Very important. Amplified is a, before uh, the, every eyes, as a mercy seat. Now, where was mercy seat found? In Exodus chapter 25. Quickly look at that. Uh, write that down because we need to just, I need to show you a few things quickly. Exodus chapter 25, verse 17. Exodus chapter 25, verse 17, um, says here in my Bible, you shall make a mercy seat of pure gold. 
two and a half cubits shall be its length and a, and a cubit and a half its width. Okay. And then you shall make two cherubs and all. And I've always thought it was a special chair. Yeah, uh, to be honest. So recently when I was studying, I found out that it's not a chair. It's a special box, like the box we had here. Okay, it's a special box. And God told Moses to build it and gave him all the specification. All right? And he told him that the, within the Ark of the Covenant, there are three things that you should put in. Aaron, for Aaron to be appointed high priest, they put different guys. They are rod there. And they, they said the one whose rod will bat. Is the one God has chosen. Aaron's rod budded. So they put that, they put that rod that budded as a witness of the high priest in the, uh, in the box, okay, like the prayer box we had here. And then the second thing that they put in the box was a, a bowl of what they ate in the wilderness, manna. That's what sustained them for 40 years in the wilderness. One, go every morning, fresh manna. Every morning. If you take some and store it, the next day it goes bad. Because every morning, you don't need a refrigerator. Every morning, fresh manna, guaranteed. Manna from above. And they took some as a witness and put it in the box. God, God told them. If you read it, you find it. God said, I put it in the box. And the third thing that was in the, in the Ark of the Covenant was, it's called the witness of God. So it became the actual name of the Ark. It was sometimes called, referred to as the Ark of Witness. The Ark of Witness. To the extent that it became the Tabernacle of Witness. What was the witness? The witness was the Ten Commandments God gave. They put it in the ark. So three things in the ark. Bring me something quickly. Three, 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 three. That's good. And your iPad, bring that folder. Okay, so Aaron's rod that budded in the covenant. Okay, three in the ark. He told Moses to make two cherubs. Cherubs were angels. So make with six wings. How many wings do you need to fly? Only two. Said two, they fly with two, they cover their face with the other, so and their wings cross. But then, and then on top of it, now between the, this is called the lid, or between the cherubs, there is a boat like a cover. It's called the covering, actually, the cover. So it's the lid, it's called lid of cover. On top of that was what is called the mercy seat. What was to be done with the mercy seat? What he was supposed to do was to pour the blood. So when we sin, when the people sinned, and they come every year, the high priest with the blood of atonement, when the animal is sacrificed, he brings the blood and puts it on the mercy seat. Now, what was between the law? The law was there. The judgment was there. And then God said, so I will meet my people on the mercy seat. So, because God can't deal with you without mercy because the problem is your problem, you are too sinful. <laughs> Say mercy. mercy. And, so, and so the mercy seat was there and they put the blood, okay, the blood of the covenant. Now, let's go back to Exodus. Look at it. Exodus chapter 25, verse, look at verse 21. Verse 21 says that you shall put the mercy seat on top of the ark. Did you see that? You shall put the mercy seat on top of the ark, and in the ark you shall put the testimony that I will give you. That's the law, and all, all the rest. He said you shall put it there. All right. So these are the things that were in the ark, and the mercy seat was on top of it. Now, what has mercy seat got to do with our lives in these times? Hebrews chapter nine, verse five. Just show you something quickly. Pastor, these things are too detailed for me. Uh, Oh, I don't like this thing. I just want demon. I'm showing you. So when the devil, when the devil tries to question you, you know where you are coming from. 
you know where you stand in the realm of the spirit. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 1. Above it were the cherubs, you see, that's the cherubims, the cherubs of glory overshadowing the mercy seat. Of these, they overshadowed the mercy seat, okay? Of these things where uh, we cannot now speak in detail. God, it's so big. He said, I can't have time to go into it. Now, how does Hilasterion come into effect here? Hilasterion was translated. Some of the translators translated his propitiation. Watch this. This is where I'm going to be ending. And some of the other, the, some other translators translated it expiation. Now, I'm going to explain expiation and propitiation. It's very important. So, we will, after I explain it, we will go back to Romans chapter 3, verse 21. Then you see how it makes sense. All right. Now, propitiation and expiation. What is expiation in the first place? Expiation is to um, meet the demands of justice. An example. How many of you have heard of situations where maybe someone gave birth or went to hospital or went to do an operation and they left scissors in his stomach and then um, eventually became paralyzed and then they took their hospital to court and they were awarded? Or a mother who loses his child, God forbid, in the hospital because of negligence by a certain, certain nurse and delivered, the, the baby dies. And then it becomes a court case and they award the woman 500,000 pounds. How happy will she be? She'll be very happy, isn't it? But let's say the woman, the child was killed by some quack doctor in the hospital who was not doing as well because, and the people reported this guy, but it went to court and she has been awarded compensation. That is to satisfy the demands of the law. However, the loss of her child. Anytime she passes by that hospital, she remembers and she just doesn't like that hospital. And so the demands of the law, which is expiation, will be satisfied. However, the pain and the anger and the animosity the person feels towards the hospital cannot be satisfied. And so Jesus Christ's expiation was to, to pacify the demands of God. Okay, the judgment of God, the law was there. The mercy seat is here. And the blood of the atonement was put on the mercy seat so that God can meet his people on the mercy seat. Beyond the mercy seat is judgment. But the reason why God can meet his people on the mercy seat is because, watch this, is because his anger, his judgment, we sinful men, we are, his, his, his anger has been appeased. Does that make sense? Now, watch this. And so that is expiation. But how about propitiation? I love propitiation. Propitiation is to awaken love. You hurt me and I lost my leg. And I've been compensated. But what you did to me, you knew it. You know like those people who, like that guy who shot Larry Bay. They put them in jail. It doesn't satisfy the family. Justice has been satisfied, but not the family. So some of, some, some of them, if somebody gets them, you do it to them. Because they, they have not, the, 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 the justice has been satisfied, but the anger. But so what propitiation does is he appeases you and awakens love to the extent that you see the person and you are so happy. Now watch this. We needed the blood of Christ on the mercy seat of God to appease God for the evil we have done. And not just appease the justice of God, but also awaken the love of God again. So what it means that if you are justified and you are in Christ, never would there come a time where God can't stand you. 
every time. <laughs> Listen to this. God cannot have enough of you. <laughs> Not to tear you up, but to love you. That's why. Listen, brothers and sisters, anytime you think you have sinned, don't stay out of church. Come back to the cross. Because God can, he can't wait to shower you with more love. Not because you did something wrong, but because he did everything right to come up for all your mistakes, to come up for all your evil ways, to come up for the ones you did before you came to Christ and the ones you may end up doing after you come to Christ, everything in Christ has been taken care of. That is what we call propitiation and expiation. So let me finish Romans chapter 3 quickly. Let's look at the text. Let me finish by that. Okay, verse 24 and 25. Romans chapter 3, verse 24 says that being justified freely. Say, I'm justified. Woo! Say, I'm justified. Being justified freely by the grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Verse 25. Whom God set set forth as propitiation by Jesus' blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance God passed over the sins that were previously committed. People say, if, if, why, why, why should God sit down for all this to happen? Have you heard that before? Yeah. Why should God allow human beings to, to commit such atrocities and he won't do anything? Bible says that in his forbearance he passed over. So the thing he would do, he waited. So from the days of Noah, no, from there God was so angry, he wiped out everyone. And he said, I won't do that again. But every now and then, human beings sin, and God restrained himself. He restrained himself. He was waiting. Put it on the screen, please, the, the scripture. He was waiting on a day. He was waiting on a day. But when he just showed up on the scene, God brought all the sins and his anger. His, his anger against judgment, against him, his judgment against him was all po- So on the cross, as Jesus died, the wrath of God was... He, he, for once, say once, say once, for once and for all, in the, new, in the Old Testament, Bible says that every now and then the high priest will have to come and sacrifice again, every year after year, because the blood of bulls and gold could not satisfy God or could not take away sins. But when Jesus Christ died, once and for all, for once, the wrath of God was satisfied completely. Jesus, our Redeemer, Jesus, our Redeemer, redeemed us from the judgment, from the wrath of God. That is propitiation. Propitiation. So then you, who were once a capital sinner, you were, you were an offense to the righteousness of God. You were an insult, affront against the holiness of God. You were so distasteful, disgusting before heaven. You now can stand before God. What did you do? He said it was given freely to you. How? We were justified freely. You didn't bring anything to the table. It was just given freely to you. And I said in conclusion, I said as well in verse 25 of of Romans chapter 3, that it says that whom God set forth, he set forth. It wasn't done in secret. In the Old Testament, the message it was in the holies of holies. So everything was happening by, between God and the high priest. But in the New Testament, God openly demonstrated his love. That's why Jesus was crucified, guess what, on a hill. 
on a hill so that you can stand from afar, you can see the wrath of God has been satisfied. Listen to this, brothers and sisters. Anytime the devil stands against you, tell him he doesn't have any grounds. Because you don't have a problem with God. But the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Bible says that he who knew no sin was made sin on Abia. So that we, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, he who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. For he made him who knew no sin, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So that once you are in him, God sees you as very righteous. All right, the main question here is, Pastor, so what about the things I do afterwards? I'll give you an answer for that in two ways. When you have really, your heart has really had an encounter with Jesus, you don't enjoy sin anymore. May I say this? If you are here and you've been enjoying sin, you are not born again. No, no, you are not. No, you are not. You can't have the seed. Bible says that he who is born of God does not sin because the seed of God remains in him and he cannot sin. So if you are sinning, one of two things, either you don't have the seed of God or you will be feeling very uncomfortable. That is why, <laughs> that is why when you come to church and you sin, or you sin and you come to church, you don't feel comfortable. Because it's okay. It's, it's a sign that you are healthy. You, you, yes, yes, if a child has not eaten for three days and he doesn't feel, doesn't cry, sister, brother, that child needs to be taken to hospital quickly. Yes. It's, it's true. It's true. If something hits your leg and cuts you and you're okay, you don't feel any pain, we need to rush you to hospital because something, either you have stroke or your leg has, is, is, is desensitized. There's something wrong with you. So then when you sin and you feel bad, you feel, ah, it's a sign that you are alive unto God. But if you don't feel sin, you are, and you say you are a Christian, either you are, you are, maybe you are not. You are just a church goer. You are a church. There's a difference between a church goer and a Christian. How many of us were once church goers? Yeah. Without being Christian? Yeah. I, I, I used to go to church a lot of that, but I wasn't a Christian. And I was doing anything at all. And I was cool. I don't understand. What's your, what's your problem? Let's do it. Well, get on with it. But when I became a Christian, the sight of it scares me. And if I go close to it and I, I get myself entangled, I feel so bad, so uncomfortable. It's not, it's, not, it's not conscience. It's not just conscience. It's the seed of God. Bible says because we are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts. We cry, Abba, Father! Abba, Father! Galatians chapter 4, verse 6. Abba, Father! The seed of God in you cries out for God. Say hallelujah! Hallelujah! Secondly, so pastor, now that if his sins, his atonement, his propitiation covers everything I've done, can I continue? No, you can't continue in sin. So what happens when I sin again? When you sin again, what's your problem? It doesn't belong to you. Get off and get, because you didn't get it based on what you've done. That's what some people don't want to hear. It's called grace message. Why he's saying, God will forgive. What, what, what else? He for God's qualification. One of his his title is he forgives sins. So I don't see why. If your father, okay, lies dishing out money and you are in need of money and you say, I've, I've taken some already so I can't go. Your dad, anybody who can give, then maybe you don't have a relationship. It's not really your dad. But if it's your dad and his qualification is a giver of money, anytime you are in need of money, what you going to do? You're going to go. So in the same way, God is a forgiving God. I don't know who I'm talking to. God is a forgiving God. 
But the devil reminds you of the things you did bad. He tell you, you, three years ago you think I've forgotten. <laughs> Two months ago you think I've forgotten. And he joins, he finds some people in church who will be saying that you see you are sick because you don't pay tithe. He joins and he finds some people in church to join and say that you see you had an accident because God is upset with you. You were hospital, you were taken to the hospital because you collected someone's husband. Am I saying that there are no consequences for sin? When we sin, Bible says that whatsoever a man sows, he will reap it. But when it comes to God, with our standing with God, all you need is the blood of atonement, the blood of covering. It's called the blood of covering. And it's on the mercy seat. So long as propitiation is concerned, you don't have a problem with God. You are covered. Say, I'm covered. Say, I'm covered. Say, I'm covered. The title of my message today is, I'm covered. <laughs> I am covered. I am covered. Please to know that you are covered by the blood of Jesus. Because you have been redeemed, you have been justified, and his blood has covered you. I am covered eternally. I'm eternally covered. As long as I apply the blood, he says that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. And the blood of Christ, the blood of Christ, the blood of Christ, his sons, cleanses us from all sins. Say I'm covered. Say I'm covered. Lift up your hands and begin to bless his name. For the covering in his blood. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for shedding your blood to save us. If you are not saved, you are not safe. Because life is dangerous. Life is not under your command. I don't see why I should end this service without giving you an opportunity to say, Yes, Lord. Pastor, pray with me because I want to have this bread. It means I want to put all my confidence in him, all my hope in him. I want to give my life to Jesus. If that is your genuine desire, just lift up your hand and say this after me. Say it genuinely from your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I've sinned against you. I ask you to forgive my sins. Wash me with your blood. Thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross to save me. From today, I will serve you. I believe in you. I put all my hope in you. I put my faith in you as my Lord and personal Savior. I receive you into my life. I make a vow with you that I'll serve you all the days of my life. Satan, get behind me. I don't belong to you. I belong to Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for saving me in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you. Your word says that you know your sheep and your sheep know your voice. No one can come to you except your father brings him. I pray that let your grace be upon them. Help them to be strong. I pray that the grace of God will come upon you. The power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you and help you to be a strong Christian. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for listening. For more resources, please visit caris.org or call us on 0207-740-9960. God bless you.